Welcome back to Season 3 of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Stefano Bini. In this series of podcasts, we are highlighting the best presentations from the January 2020 San Francisco Digital Orthopedics Conference, otherwise known as DOCSF, presented in partnership with UCSF's Department of Orthopedic Surgery, and the November 2019 DOCSF Berlin Conference, presented in partnership with Frontiers Health. On this episode nine of season three, we introduced a new feature at DocSF called Energy Boost. And well, we liked it a lot. Orthopedics is all about restoring motion and maintaining musculoskeletal health. So we took a moment to celebrate the technologies and the ideas that keep us well. We asked Matt Wilpers, one of the founding instructors at Peloton, to join us all the way from New York City where he coaches. We love Matt, and so do thousands of people who ride with him and take his classes around the planet every day on the Peloton bicycle system. He is going to investigate the power of digital tools to change behavior. And to really get down to core principles, we were lucky enough to have Dr. Vonda Wright, Chief of Northside Hospital Orthopedic Institute for Sports Medicine in Atlanta, as his moderator. Vaughn has authored two amazing books, appeared as medical expert across the network's is a strong advocate for women's health and wellness. Let's join Matt as he takes the microphone on the DocSF stage. And by the way, it was kind of odd to see Matt wearing a suit. So what we have in store for today, awesomeness to just put it in one small world, but what does awesome mean? Well, it comes in the form of this dynamic orthopedic surgeon who's a sports medicine doc, and she's the chief of sports medicine at Northside Hospital. In addition to doing all of those things, she has been kind of on the forefront of helping us to think about how we as mere mortals become superheroes and athletes. She also has been spending a lot of time thinking about, on the other end of the spectrum, the youth sports epidemic injury. And oftentimes, I mean, actually, the very first time I heard her talk about it, it was new to me, didn't know about all of that. So we're going to set up the morning to meet a little bit more, spend a little bit more time with Matt. But before we do that, I want to bring Vonda Wright up onto the stage, and she's going to set the context of how we think about sports, mobility, and digital tools all coming together. So Vonda, take it over. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you know what? There are very few women in orthopedic surgery, and so I often get the question, so... Why did you choose ortho? Why you were a nurse first and then you choose ortho? But, you know, my why is what drives me. And so here's my why. I do not believe that aging is an inevitable decline from the vitality of youth that we all experience down some slippery slope that we cannot control to the frailty of youth. And I also do not believe that we have to spend the last 20 years of our lives in a series of morbid health events. I believe that by harnessing the power of true healthcare and well-being, that we can live healthy, vital, active, joyful, and die healthy at an old age. So as an orthopedic surgeon with a tool bag filled with power tools, that's the really cool part, right? My tool bag has a lot of what you'll find in Home Depot. But the reason why I do it is that I know that if I make you walk again, if I make you move, then I am going to save you from the ravages of chronic disease. 
And that's what we're all really trying to do, right? So when I think about how we're going to do that as physicians, we're all trying to save people from the ravages of chronic disease. But it's not episodic. It's not siloed. It's not one minute in time. We should be thinking from the pre to treatment to post. And that's why I think it's so important that we have Matt here today. And we're going to talk a little bit about how what he does is on a continuum of what we do. So... So that's what drives me as an orthopedic surgeon. Yes, I love the power of tools, but it's more than that. It's joining you and saving people from the ravages of chronic disease. And, and I want to harness the technology that you're so good at to make our jobs easier. Because I'm going to tell you, it's hard to motivate people. And right now in this country, 68% of our population do not move every day except for their ADLs. And if we can pivot that to... 68% move and 30% will come a long way in saving the health of this country. The other thing I want to challenge you to do, and this is going to seem a little weird, but stay with me. 67% of everybody in this country plays games. You know, you've probably seen the explosion of gaming in this country. It's not going away. Billions of dollars are generated from gaming. So if we're going to motivate people for health, we need to pivot the conversation from health is such drudgery, we're going to stick you. We're going to present it in a very uh, sterile way. And maybe we should learn from the gaming community how to make health fun and a lifestyle, right? So with that, I'm going to bring Matt because he's going to tell us all about Peloton, and we're going to dive deep into their secret sauce and help connect all these dots. Thank you very much. My pleasure. <laughs> all right. Well, I never thought I'd be at an orthopedic conference and in front of so many amazing people, but I'm so excited to be here. Actually, I don't even think I brought the clicker with me. <laughs> Too excited that I didn't bring the clicker. All right. Thank you. Yep. Let's see if I can work this. All right. So first of all, I'm very excited to be on stage with Dr. Vonda Wright. At once upon a time, I was a pre-med student, and to be in front of all you, like I just have tremendous respect for every single person in this room. It's very flattering to be here, but I think that there's a lot we can learn from each other, and so hopefully there's something you, you can take away from today. But my name is Matt Wilpers. Dr. Vonda Wright, obviously, I think that I wanted to show some of her credentials up here. Author of five books, one of them I just read, which is Fitness After 40, 50, 60, and Beyond, Fabulous, fabulous book because it talks about aging through decades, how our body changes, and how we can accommodate our fitness and our training to match our physiology changes. And it was it's really well done. I recommend that everyone reads it. I just read it. It was fantastic. Senior cycling instructor and, and trend and outdoor instructor at Peloton Interactive. Who knows about Peloton? All right. Good. <laughs> Very good. Former D1 athlete, Ironman, 10 plus years of endurance coaching experience. And once upon a time, I'll just get into this real quick. Uh, once upon a time, I was a CPA. I came out of college. I was a finance and accounting major. And I was working as CPA in about 5.30 in the morning. Every morning I was coaching triathletes, runners, cyclists. And it was during those early morning hours that I discovered sort of my passion. And my passion is really for helping people in the health and wellness space. And I enjoyed those hours so much that I left my career as a CPA that I worked very hard to get to and pursued fitness full-time. And it was while I pursued fitness full-time that I discovered that fitness and medicine are very interrelated. And to really to understand what we are doing in fitness, I really need to understand medicine. And so that's when I decided I was going to go into medicine. And so I 
did my post back at NYU, spent some time doing that. And during that time to pay the bills, I kept doing fitness. I was coaching on the side. I was working for various startups in the fitness space, had my own app at once at one point. And it got to the point where I got accepted to med school and I had an app that was out and we, you know, we pushed off, I pushed off med school by a year because I want, the app had a lot of investor attention. And during that year, Peloton gave me an offer. And then I sit there and think about, okay, well, where do I see this going? And I thought about where could I have the biggest impact to help people? Again, my mission is really to help people in the health and wellness space. I know that if you align your career with what your passion is, that's very powerful and that will take you a long way. And so I said, you know what, if you're going to do this, you need to put your, uh, your money where your mouth is. And so I went to Peloton because I, I truly believe that fitness is medicine. It's a form of medicine. And I sort of think my gift is being able to get people to move. And so that is why I chose Peloton and that's why I'm here today. And so I really want to thank you guys for having me here today. I want to thank Stefano. So just getting started here though. So let's go. So I think one quote that I want to pull from Dr. Von der Wright's book that I think that brings us all together here is that we're both working towards the same thing. And that's the health and well-being of our patients, in my case, athletes. And I love this quote because the key is really health through mobility. Getting people to move solves a lot of issues that are in our environment today. I spent a lot of time volunteering with doctors and physicians during my time in pre-med work. And it seemed like all of the, uh, the patient visits started with, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. At the end of it, it was like, well, you need to exercise. Here's Matt. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like I'm just shadowing. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm really nobody. But uh, that's really how I saw it all come together. So today, I'm going to talk about what Peloton is, my mission and approach to coaching, some Peloton stats. And then very importantly, some lessons learned, and I'd love to open up to Q&A. So if you have questions, please ask them. I think we gave slido.com. Please ask them. Totally open. We'd love to hear all your questions. So real quick, about Peloton, for those of you not sure, Peloton is a global interactive fitness platform that brings the energy and benefits of studio-style workouts to the convenience and comfort of your own home. We have thousands of live and on-demand classics, uh, music, motivation, interaction, instruction, and it's all accessible through our hardware devices and as well as the app. So we have right now we have Peloton Bike, Tread, and the app. And so there's a little picture of each. Uh, it was founded in 2012 by CEO John Foley as well as his co-founders. Uh, let's see if I can have... Oh, there it is. There's John Foley right there. <laughs> Both John and his wife, who I'm just the biggest fan of ever. They're amazing. Love to work out. They're in my classes all the time right now. But they have two kids, busy schedules, and they could no longer fit their studio cycling classes in. We all know how the studio classes are. If you, if you don't get there at the right time, if you don't sign up right in a second, you're going to get shut out. Why is that? That doesn't have to happen. We can bring all this to your own home and give you a great experience at your own home. So I'm a part of a team at Peloton. There's the cycling instructor team. There's the tread instructor team. And this is just, since this has all come together, we we're expanding so quickly. There's now a yoga team. There's now an international team. We're in the US. We're in Canada. We're in the UK. All over. We have three studios that we work out of. There's a cycling and tread studio in Manhattan, and then there's a studio, one studio out in the UK that they're working out of. And so this is just part of the team. The company very much looks at us as a cast of characters. So I, I'm kind of like a, a fitness actor, even though it seems kind of weird. But um, <laughs> these are my teammates, and uh, it is really each one of them brings something different to the table. And each one of them is really excellent at what they do, and it's it's really awesome to work with such a strong team. So my mission, 
every one of us brings something different to the table. What I bring to the table is performance training. My goal is to make performance training accessible. It doesn't have to be for the elite of athletes. It can be accessible to every single person. We just have to make it accessible. And so that's what I do at Peloton is performance training and making performance training accessible so that we're doing effective training, but we're having fun. That's what's important. So I think about what's sort of made me up as a coach, D1 cross-country athlete, CPA. I love numbers. I love fitness. Pre-med, I love science. Here I am at Peloton. And so again, my mission is to really to help people improve their health and wellness using fitness as medicine. My approach is, again, making performance training fun and accessible. And it's been a lot of fun to work on projects to scale that at Peloton. Some Peloton stats, I call this the numbers, but then here's the good stuff. The numbers are we have about 1.6 million members, 31 instructors globally, nearly 2,000 employees, more than 950 classes produced with thousands on demand, 94% retention rate. That's a number I'm very, very excited about. Thank you. And, um, and uh, yes, yeah, over the 12-month period. The good stuff. Here's what I love the good stuff. Each connected fitness subscriber took an average of 11.7 workouts per month. That's better than zero. <laughs> so that's, I'm a huge fan of that number, and I only want that number to go up. Our whole business is built around getting people to move, getting people to exercise versus a gym. A gym is incentivized for you to sign up and to never work out. This entire company is incentivized for you to work out. If you're not working out, we're not doing our job, and it hits us. So I love how we're structured. Collectively, our fitness subscribers worked out about 19.2 million times in the last 12 months. 55 million workouts taken in 2019. Peloton members logged about 213 million miles in 2018. And nearly 17 million high fives. You can give high fives on our platform, which is awesome. So I'm super excited about those numbers. Some lessons learned. What have we learned through this? And I think this is really important because we're doing something that's never been done. And we'll talk about execution at the very end here, but it really is, it was the Wild West when I got started about three and a half years ago with the company. And we're still learning a tremendous amount every day. So this is where I hope that you can find something that you can take away to, to your practice and to help us all deliver better patient care, et cetera. Integrating our product into our customers' lives, first lessons to learn is people are busy, right? People are busy. In order for us to be successful, we need to really integrate our product into people's lives. We help them eliminate some of the biggest obstacles of getting to work out. They don't have to travel to the gym. They don't have to travel to a class. They're not going to worry about getting shut out. Everyone can take the class. Working out doesn't have to be a chore. I feel like in the past, we've always looked at working out as like, oh, I got to do it. I, I don't really want to do it, but I got to do it. So we're just going through the motions. What if we made it fun, exciting, and engaging? And that's really a big thing that we like to do at Peloton. And that's somewhat talk about sometimes as a fitness actor. <laughs> Using engagement data and engagement messages, uh, messaging to drive programming decisions. So we like to say at Peloton that when we were just a cycling company, people vote with their pedals. So it's like, okay, well, what do people like? Well, they're doing this. They're pedaling a lot here. We should probably do more of that. And that sort of helps us determine what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Build community and relationships around a product that achieves measurable results and helps drive retention. All right. So building community and relationships. This is an example of a community that's Power Zone Pack. I love these folks. <laughs> they're super, super engaged around what we do. We use social media as instructors to drive users, people to ride and everything else. We have an interactive leaderboard. People can give high fives on there. 
And really, it just we're just driving people to connect. The instructors connect with the home riders and, and everyone at home, but also people connect with people. And that's what one of the things is building that community. The other thing that I see is, of course, using science and technology to help measure and quantify performance in order to demonstrate results. Who likes to do something if they're not seeing results? We have a lot of better things to do, right? That's where science and technology come in to help measure and quantify performance in order to demonstrate results. And that's an area that I'm really strongly focused on. And again, that's where medicine and technology all sort of come together. We need to be able to measure it in order to see results. Challenge traditional approaches. I love this quote. It's my uh, CEO says it all the time. Peloton is a tech company that happens to be in the fitness space. At our very core, we're a tech company, but we happen to be in fitness. And think about other at-home fitness companies out there. There are fitness companies first before they ever try to move into the space. We're taking a very different approach to it. And I think that's really the part of our secret sauce. Peloton is unique in it's a hybrid of fitness, technology, and media. And really, execution is everything. Absolutely. A million people have come in before and tried to do this. I've even tried to do this on my own and have failed. And that's why I'm so excited to be a part of such a strong team because they're executors. We have very seasoned leadership, guys that we all believe in, girls that we all believe in everything. And they've done just a fabulous job of executing. And I'm very excited to be a part of the team. So last but not least, I want to leave you guys with a quote from Dr. Vonda Wright. Again, she just touched on this briefly. And when it comes to, to challenging norms, I think challenging norms is taking a step back and thinking about how we always try to approach this one problem, this one situation, at-home fitness. How can we change it? How can we take a different approach? This is something I hear from clients all the time. I'm too old, so I can't be fit anymore. I'm too old. I feel terrible because I'm old. No, it's because you're, you're not moving, you're not exercising. And this is one of the, the big takeaways for me from Dr. Von Wright's book. You control more than 70% of your health and aging process by the decisions that you make today. Only 30% of how you age is determined by your genetics. And I see this in fitness all the time. My favorite story is when I first came to New York City from Georgia, I joined this, uh, the Central Park Track Club. I thought it was this hotshot runner, right? And no, I got dusted by a guy that was over 50 years old in the 5K. He ran mid-1530s in the 5K beat me. So anyways, that's my, I'd like to leave you guys with that. Thank you so much for having me today. Open to your questions. Here's a, a picture from the Peloton bike and uh, we'd love to hear your questions. You guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> Matt, I loved watching you lead this group this morning because, you know, sometimes in medicine yeah. and business, we tend to be about a little stuffy, but you had people doing hip circles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. For those of you that weren't here, you really missed it. Have a seat. All right. So I'm going to review a little bit of what you said, because I think if we hear it again, that it's going to stick. That's a good idea. We'll move it like this. But first, and you know, I want to tell you, we're all friends. So you can raise your hands about this, although you don't have to. I have a series of questions for them. That's uh -oh. going to frame what we're doing. So how many of you move daily outside of your normal ADLs? That's right. Most of you, you're kind of a healthy group. How many of you move with Peloton? So there's your crowd, right? How many of you move with Matt? That's, that's oh, right. Wow. <laughs> and now we're all going to. This morning, actually, I turned Matt on. So you touched on this, but before Matt said it out loud, how many of you thought of Peloton as a fitness company? 
probably everybody, right? Yeah. So not many yeah. of you thought of them as a tech company, but when you and I were talking, that's one of the first things you said to me, that we're a tech company, that fitness is our product, actually. Yeah. And so, you know, it, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this out loud here, but, you know, Uber is not a car company. Lyft yeah. is not a car company. They're tech companies that have harnessed the power of exponential technologies. So I want to first talk about Peloton as a tech company, and then we're going to pivot to talk about this continuum of health and this question of a mobility across a lifespan that you and I are both trying to equip people for. And then finally, we're going to talk about you. So you wait on that, wait for it. So I want to know more about the secret sauce, right? Because if you're old enough, we have all lived through a variety of fitness products, CDs first, Richard Simmons, if you're as old as me, Jane Fonda. Records, what, too. A record, I, fitness uh, records. I was at my grandparents' house uh, last year, mm -hmm. and they had me clean out this old area of records, right? And I, I literally pulled out a record of fitness. Basically, it's a lady that was coaching fitness like back in the 19, like on a 60, on, a like, a hard, on, like, a, on a record. That is old school. Although it's kind of cool now. It's retro. It's kind of cool to have. Oh, I post on Instagram and everyone's like, no way. <laughs> so let's talk again about the secret sauce of Peloton and not just about this company, but if we're going to motivate people, groups of people to do things, what does that have to include? So you had given me some of those. You think your secret sauce is motivation? Yeah, absolutely. And what is that? What form does that? How do you motivate people other than just to watch it because it's cool? On yeah, well, I think that the core of things you always have to look at the incentive structure. How is the company incentivized? Mm -hmm. As an instructor, part of my incentivization or whatever is is based on people riding. People actually take ride taking rides. Mm -hmm. And so, what does that make me do? That makes me reach out to everyone in social media. That makes me drum up interest in what we're doing. Mm -hmm. It also makes me want to produce content that people are excited about. He has 68,000 followers on Instagram, which is, <laughs> and if you all sign up, it'll be more. It was 67 yeah. when I followed you. So it grows quickly. It does. It does. It's awesome. It's quite the platform and, and I'm super honored to be a part of it because there's a million coaches out there that are doing the same thing, possibly better than I am. And it's so nice to have such a great platform to reach so many people and to make such an impact. And that's so that's how you motivate. The company motivates you. But I found that when I watched you this yeah. morning and in my own experience of trying to motivate groups of my patients is you are very engaged. You're talking to them all the time. There's nothing sterile about yeah. your approach. You are sweating with them. And I've tried all different methods. You probably have in your course. I've tried instructing, just giving them the information. I've yeah. tried Shaming people, your health is a disaster. <laughs> the only thing that works, two things work, and I want you to comment on the second. Number one is showing up yourself, which is yeah. what you're doing. It works when I show up myself. But more than that, people have to buy into, I am worth the daily investment yeah. in my well-being. So how do you translate that? And this applies as you're designing tech for us. You have to motivate people yeah. to click again, right? Yeah, absolutely. We make everything about getting people to work out more, and that's why we post those numbers even in our financial statements. And you look at building relationships using social media, but also like when we're even the way we speak to the camera. I'm not if you guys haven't seen a Peloton class, we speak directly into the camera, so it's like we're looking at you, and that's we right. very much are coached to the camera versus just observing a class. Mm -hmm. That's very intentional. It's very intentional because it actually feels like you're building that relationship with your coach. And we actually are because during a class, we can see all your data. 
And so a coach can see what you're doing, how you're doing it. Can't actually see you. Some people think we can, but uh, <laughs> but we see all your data, and so we can give you shout outs. We engage during classes, but also engage in social media, all that stuff. But then, um, oh, what was I going to get to? Well, that can really inform yeah. how we're building technologies surrounding true medical applications. Is you know, we're who owns our medical data? Who gets to see it? You get to see our data while we're writing, yeah. but it motivates us because we think you are seeing us. So it's how we present these data. So that's motivation. The second thing you told me was your product has some stickiness. Yeah. And that's the results yeah. and the relationships. Yeah. And so during classes, you know, you're the ability to interact with people. You can even have a video of like, we could have a video of us I could see you, you could see me if you wanted to, but you can also give people high fives on the way. Mm -hmm. You can have certain filters on your leaderboard to think about, okay, which group do I want to compete with? There's interactive leaderboard. If you want to compete, you can compete. If you don't, you can swipe. Well, and I think that's one of the main things that separates today's products like this from the original ones, the record, the Jane yeah. Fonda, the Richard Simmons, is that because of exponential technologies, there's true connection. You can multiply yourself in ways that you never could, putting a needle on a record. And then, of course, using social media. Yeah, social media yeah. is huge. You know, there's always the results side of things, but absolutely social media is getting people to interact and building relationships. And one of the photos I showed up there was the, the Powers Impact, and it's we have groups of home riders. This, this is just one example. We have groups of home riders that come together around one thing, and they've come around Power Zone training, which is a methodology that developed at Peloton. And they, um, so they come in town once a year, they have dinners, they have socials. They oh, have orthopedic women do this. Yes. There's a whole group of orthopedic <laughs> women that go to New York every year to hang out with Matt and <laughs> yeah, uh, have dinner together in the city. So I didn't know there was a, an actual thing. I thought they yeah. just had decided to. I always make sure off. to ask them an MCAT question during class. <laughs> That's, That's great. Fun. Yeah. But they come in and, and what's great is watching all the, you know, I go out there and say hi. And what's great to see is all these relationships building mm -hmm. and it becomes a, you really do a have community. a community around it. That's right. And we know that community is one of the social determinants of health. Yeah. You are almost becoming your own zip code. <laughs> Remotely. No, I'm not yeah. kidding, right? It matters who you hang out with. It matters where you are. But so the other thing I wanted to spend a couple minutes on is we see the finished product, but will you take us behind the curtain a little bit? Oh, yeah. Like I was watching, you told me yesterday a little bit about it. And so this morning while I was watching, I'm like, oh. So... You're in a dark mirrored studio. What happens? It's yeah. a full-time job. You're oh, yeah. all the things. So give us two yeah. seconds about behind the curtain so behind that we know curtain. how it happens. Oh, man. Yeah. We have classes that are, we have like a live studio that you can take live classes where people are in the studio. But we also have classes where it's just me in a dark room by myself with a camera and staring at the camera and, and forming a class. And but then, you make your own playlist. Yeah, so we do. Every class has its own playlist that you design. Yeah. Right? No, no one sees the stuff that goes behind the scenes. That's that, what I want yeah. you to tell us, actually. It's the, the playlist. Music is super important to Peloton. It's super important to the users. And so most of your time spent is designing the, the workout, but also designing the playlist. And, you know, when you think of designing the playlist, you have to think about, well, one, number one, what's the workout? But number two is your target audience. What do they want to hear? Mm -hmm. And these are all big determinants. RPMs of the music. Who's your target yeah. audience? How long are they going to last? Yeah. Can you do the hour and a half power endurance workout that you're? Yeah, that's yeah. on your menu. I just did right? a ninety minute power endurance workout. Right, and still talk. Right. <laughs> so it's it took me about two years for them to give me a fan. 
<laughs> they want you to see you work. Well, I mean, I think it's fascinating, but it all goes to show that all these little details, how the product looks, and thus me encouraging you to look at the gaming community on engagement because somehow they've gotten it right. And, you know, even though it seems like right now we're treating the 77 million baby boomers, which we are, and some of them do game, coming up right behind them is 110 million millennials, 67% of whom game, and then the children behind them. It's never going away. So if we can learn from that community yeah. and maybe integrate performance, health, gaming to make it a ubiquitous lifestyle, right? We don't have to jump off at a silo. And maybe we're solving the health problems you all are solving at different places, but in a ubiquitous way, because here's the, some a little bit of science of, of why exercise is important. I've stopped using the word exercise in my writing because people hate the word. So that's why I ask you moving. So the thing that moves you is your skeletal muscle. So after we did a bunch of research observing that musculoskeletal aging can endure far past, you know, we thought, oh, we turned 40, we're suddenly on the downside. We're not actually, we don't slow down until we're in our mid-70s physiologically, and if we invest every day in the way Matt is talking about. But I've started to look at the why. So if this is another why that you need personally that we're going to get to, when your skeletal muscle contracts, it stimulates the transcription of a protein called clothos, which is my current field of study. And clothos is the longevity gene. It is known to influence every body system. So lo and behold, what you are doing every day by helping us contract our skeletal muscle is actually giving us longevity in every body system. And that is motivating, not the yeah. sweat. It is that we're transcribing a protein that will lead to our healthy longevity. Yeah. For me, it's been super motivating because it's, you know, I coach to a camera, but then when people come in to say hi and, and they fly across the country to take a class with us, which is awesome. They come in studio, have the studio okay. experience. But what I really enjoy is talking to everyone after class and hearing, okay, what's your relationship with the product, how the class is helping you and hearing the stories of change. I wish you guys could come and just like live in a day in the life of me and, and just hear these stories. It's well, insane. You be careful next time you're going to be <laughs> holding this conference in your studios. Yeah, but let's insane. pivot right now and talk less specifically about Peloton to framing a discussion around healthcare is not healthcare. Healthcare is disease care as we know it. But how do we truly make what we're all doing health care. How do we turn this yeah. into a lifestyle? Yesterday in the learning lab, and I hope I pronounce his name right, Dr. Tabish told a story about there were five clinicians swimming in a river yeah. and they were enjoying themselves. And all of a sudden, this child floats downstream in clear distress and the doctors rescue that child, put them on the bank, call the ambulance. And then all of a sudden there's two more and then six more and then 30 more and they can't keep up and they can't keep rescuing people. And people are getting past them in dire straits until one of the clinicians decides to swim upstream. And his partners say, what are you doing? And he's got, I've got to find a reason why these people are suffering, right? To go upstream to the prevention. So I would really, look at me get on my soapbox, I would really love us to start focusing on the prevention side. So how do we make health fun? How do we pivot the conversation? You say it at the end of your classes. How do we reframe our brains so that, oh my God, it's such drudgery to, this is how I live. How should we talk about it? Yeah, and that's, you have to understand the patient. 
You have to integrate with their life. And that's one of the, the things. Person-centered care. Person-centered care. We talked yeah. about yesterday. Integrate with their life. And, uh, you know, they're busy. They have, they have things to do. And it's just like, how can we shape what they need to be doing into their lives and make it fun and engaging? And, you know, we were talking yesterday. It's like so many people my age that are, you know, have great jobs, doing great things. Don't go to the doctor. Millennials don't go to the doctor. Why? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we've done some research on it. They don't trust the system. They don't like the environment. Yeah. They'd rather go to Dr. Google. That's another problem to solve. Yeah, but yeah, they don't. so what is going to, there might be a health deficit yeah. purely because there's so it's, chosen it's, no access. It's a different kind of no access, right? Yeah. We have to challenge the norms and we have to come at it from a different angle. I mean, I think that's a big challenge for us. How do we maybe gamify health? How do we make it person-centered so that it's not just... I've got a disease, but this is my health trajectory, my well-being trajectory. Yeah. I mean, it's important. Yeah, and that's interesting you say that because a lot of our, you know, we have lots of engineers at Peloton, and uh, when you think of some of the things uh, that we're, you know, thinking about and doing, a lot of it comes from the gaming world. See? See, as you're designing your apps, okay, I'm going to look on this question thing real quick, but we're going to pivot now to them. Yeah. So there's a book that Dan Buettner wrote called The Blue Zones, and he outlines the five behaviors he has observed in communities in the world that live the longest. And so the five pillars of health that you all know about. So I'm just going to ask Matt to comment and give his best advice as a performance professional. So we've gotten advice for moving. Matt, how often a week at a minimum, because everybody wants to know the minimum, how many times a minimum do you want people moving outside of their ADLs and to what level of exertion? Sorry, ADLs. Activities of daily living, getting in their car, oh, going yeah. to work, sitting at the desk. Every day, home. every day. Daily. Daily. A moving. daily investment stretching. in your health. Simple as stretching mm-hmm. every single day. So it doesn't have to be an hour and a half of grunt work. It can be just mobility like just you mobility, did this like Just this morning, is that, that's every day. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, you need to think of, you know, Dr. Wright had a great acronym that she used in her book called, it was called FACE. Yep. What do we need to be thinking about? Flexibility, aerobic exercise, weights, carrying weights, and then working on balance and equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Those are Every so day. well said. Oh, aerobic exercise, at least three times a week. Carrying weights, three times a week. Okay. So Not weight machines, carrying a load, yeah. carrying free weights. Yeah. I'm sure you can corral him afterwards for some, ac- you know, go on Peloton. We'll, they we'll have put a training workouts. plan together, don't that's worry. That's right. <laughs> so that's number one, mobility. Number two, food. One food advice. You give one and then I'll give one. Simplicity. Simplicity and removing... Who's seen Game Changers? I thought it was a fantastic documentary on bringing back things to simple and whole foods. That's it. And I think that's where it's at, this processed food epidemic we have going on. And so when my patients are in my office and people are overwhelmed by all the various diets, and I don't blame them. So the one piece of advice I give them, if you're going to start somewhere, cut out simple refined sugars from everything. No added sugars. you got to read labels. And two things will happen. And as an orthopod, this is important for joint health. On average, people will lose 10 to 16 pounds because we have 16 pounds of added sugar in our diet. So we don't see. It's just added to our foods. And so I do this, and every time I cut out sugar, I lose 10 or 12 pounds, number one. Number two, sugar is a huge inflammatory. So if you hurt, stop eating sugar, and you'll feel significantly younger. So that's mobility, food. Number three is sleep. Oh, so I think sleep is the mo- one of the most under-discussed parts of everything out there. Improvements in fitness don't happen during a workout. They happen during recovery. 
And what is recovery? Recovery is not sitting on a couch. Recovery is sleeping. That's where our body is more anabolic and, and builds up. And so sleep is absolutely essential both mentally and physically. And as we put more strain and stress on our body, say you're training for a marathon, well, you're going to need to spend more time recovering. That means more sleep. Mm -hmm. How do we know if we're getting enough sleep? If you're waking up to an alarm every day and you're not waking up naturally, that's a good sign that you might not be getting enough sleep. How much sleep do you get? I shoot for eight hours almost every night that I can, at least. But I really try to just wake up when I can, when you can. and give myself that space. But it, not every day. You know, at Doc SF Conference, you know, alarm I know, alarm I'm not is... getting sleep here, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. And it's not always controllable, and we get that. But at this point, having been a resident and a fellow for seven years, before the work hour restriction, which means 120 hours in the hospital every week, I protect eight to nine hours a night because it really does mean a lot, especially yeah. as we age. Yeah. So uh, mobility, food, sleep, community, that's a pillar yeah. of health, oh, making yeah. strong relationships Making strong relationships around healthy lifestyle, lots of studies show that if you hang out with unhealthy people, you're more likely to be unhealthy, even as it pertains to your family. So find a tribe of people interested in their own well-being. Yeah, I know. I work with clients, and it's uh, when they, I often tell them that you need to change who your friends are. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then finally, the fifth pillar is no toxins. That's pretty obvious. So I'm going to take some of these questions. Yeah. Have you, Peloton ever considered expanding programs for cardiac rehab, weight loss, other health conditions specifically? Absolutely. We launched prenatal recently. Prenatal, I believe it's yoga, but this is absolutely something that we are interested in. And that's, again, hopefully I can move the needle in that direction and sort of connecting with the medical community, especially going forward. So what kind of partnerships do you think, this is an on-the-spot question, what kind of partnerships do you specifically think Peloton would need. For instance, someone yesterday was saying, one of the inventors was saying, well, they just use what Mayo publishes online. Is that what you need or you need your own original research? Do you need people to step up and do Peloton specific? Well, we want to help. And in order to help, we need to bring the right resources in. And so that, you know, when you think about running studies, you need sample sizes. Hopefully we can eventually do something like that together. But yeah, and also generating better content that's going to serve specific populations, especially when it comes to rehabbing or to dealing with, say, mental issues or neuromuscular issues, that kind of thing. So I, I definitely see that in the future, and hopefully we can work closer together on that. And Mr. Simpson, oh, this is Homer Simpson, so obviously he's in the room. Uh, what kind of data does Peloton consider analyzing outside of exercise metrics, such as diet, weight? health conditions. On the private profile, you do ask some questions, but there's not a health record that no. I saw in the app. So is that information being used or that's not really what you're doing right now? No, it's an area of interest, but it's... They want to know if in addition to the exercise metrics that you keep, how yeah. long and because you're not gathering heart rate data within the Peloton app. I think yeah, this they... question is looking for how can you integrate as more a medical home? by diet and exercise, weight, health conditions, collect that data so it's a complete data set. Yeah, that is definitely, definitely something we're interested in, but we're not, you know, because probably right not now, quite there. Right, three years. I mean, you've been there three years, but you've been addressing your tip of the spear. Yeah. I mean, until you, until you have your MVP. Well, and that's the thing is like, we all know that you can work out all day long, but if your nutrition is terrible, mm -hmm. that's going to be your biggest fight. So there's definitely an opportunity there. 
So here's a techie question from Brian, and Brian, pitch in if I'm not stating this right. Brian has done more than 450 Peloton workouts. Thank many, you, Brian. Many with you. Yes. All right. Awesome. Can you talk tech at a deeper level? If forced to choose, what reigns supreme? Hardware, software, content? What's most important in a environment like All Peloton? All of it. I mean, the, it's really how it comes together. And in order to see how that works, you have to be at the company. The amount of cross-functional type work at this company, we're all working together very closely from, I laugh because I sit at the headquarters to harass our engineers <laughs> because uh, we're all working very closely together. So it really, you have to marry all this. You can't operate in silos. You can't. You can't do that anymore. It doesn't work. It's, it's one product. It's one product and it, we all have to work together. And it's just like, if you're, it's like the weakest link of the chain, right? If one of those links of the chain isn't strong, broken. They all have to be good. Mm-hmm. They all have to be great. There's not one that's king of the other. So we're going to close so that we can progress. But do you have, I'm going to give a piece of advice that actually comes from you to close. But do you okay. have one last thing to say to this group? Thank you for having me. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it's really an honor and a pleasure to be here. And, you know, I do hope that if you haven't checked out Peloton, check it out. But um, also, like, you know, I look forward to moving the needle towards bringing fitness and medicine closer together in the future. And again, thank you for all that you do for your patience and for everyone. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And what you say at the end of your workout is applicable to mobility. Oh, yeah. And to med tech, which is set big goals. They will be your North Star. Yeah. Break it up into six-week bite-sized pieces and have some fun along the way. Yeah. Train hard, train smart, have fun. That's right. Thank you <laughs> thank so you much. much. Appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of season three of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast and that you heard something that will trigger your curiosity and advance your digital journey. Many of the examples we bring you are outside of orthopedics, but the technologies and solutions we present are all eminently translatable to musculoskeletal care. Please consider giving us a review on your podcast platform so other people can find us. More importantly, tell a friend about our amazing community. We look forward to sharing the next episode with you. I am your host, Stefano Bini, founder and chair of both the Digital Orthopedics Conference San Francisco and this, the Digital Orthopedics Podcast.